0: Hey guys thanks so much for tuning in to this week's podcast and if you followed us before you know that what we love to talk about most is hormones and how they're affecting all of our relationships but also how interconnected they are to every system in our body Mm -hmm. and um, on these discussions that we're having we're hopefully putting together or connecting some dots for you guys on your own health journey. And if you're finding value in these conversations, thank you so much for showing up and listening and tuning in, subscribing to the channel. It's so helpful, that we find, for people to be able to understand this message, share it with their people, and start implementing things in your life because all these little things that we do on a daily basis really matter and they make a difference in our health in the long term, don't they?
1: yeah i don't think there's enough um chat about hormones and how they influence our relationship so that's why we keep bringing this up every single week but maybe from a different angle because it influences everything that you do
0: it does yeah. so in the last couple of podcasts we talked a little bit about sort of these uh really pivotal moments in our life as we move through some of the early you know life circumstances and what hormones are doing say in our 20s and then and then entering into a conversation around what's happening to the masculine, feminine uh, uh, archetype and the, the reality of these energies as we move into parenthood. And we wanted to sort of close the gap on this conversation and discuss what's happening after the kids leave the house. and, and right. you know what what does dreaming look like for couples as they move into that phase of life when there's so much different challenges or so many different challenges? And I thought, what better time to get in a conversation like this. Uh, we just came off of a, a beautiful evening with your, with your father celebrating your father's 70th birthday. And we can look to our, our mentors and our parents as a guide for what went really well and maybe mm-hmm. what didn't go well. Um, but when we give uh, your father the floor to speak because we, we asked him for some wisdom and it was so sweet just how much he took it to heart to to share a message mm-hmm. so what was that like for you
1: i think gonna make me cry <laughs> this is why i didn't speak last night yeah um i don't know <laughs> sorry
0: that's okay well as you sort of like uh gather what you want to say um it was it was a really sweet moment for for all of us you know I get to be uh, in the experience of of her father who really like, he's a really beautiful man. He's been through so much. I mean, he talked about his journey of how he came from India with nothing, literally to move here and create a life. And you could hear when he was speaking about his experience, how much pride he had Mm -hmm. about being able to provide for his family. But also he kept mentioning, like we were in this beautiful restaurant, but he kept mentioning how grateful he was to be able to know such an interesting contrast of life of nothing to um, what he realizes is abundance, right? And and he truly does. He lives in a place of what else is possible. And so I know he's gifted you with so many, so much awareness and so many different ways of looking at the world, which is mm-hmm. really, you know, it's which has impacted me indirectly through you. Uh, but it was really sweet to see him take those moments. But that's truly someone who's in that sort of, We call it third phase, which we don't know how long that phase lasts for, but it's this really interesting phase of giving back. And I feel like that's what he was doing last night.
1: Yeah, like he kept saying, um, never would I have dreamt that we would be sitting in a restaurant like this, having a dinner like this, Um, coming from like a small village that he did in India. He he was literally saying like it came from dirt. And, um, And I was like looking around and looking at all the grandkids and how for them, like this is just normal Mm -hmm. like the life that they're living and for us like first generation um i mean your dad also came from denmark at a young age to like be children of immigrants that came from different places for various reasons and like built this life for themselves and watching the trajectory of like one their health their relationships and everything and to see like okay what was valued more and i would say across the board was to provide Mm -hmm. and to like do what it takes to take the opportunities that they're given not for granted and like really just um that is something that i always take to heart that um like he just worked so hard and that's why he can sit at a restaurant like that now and he can do the things that he loves and there's something in our um tradition there's a saying called Varnake shako which basically means like when once you have it you give it like you you share it it's like the sharing is caring basically Mm -hmm. and it's um it's like written and imprinted in our psyche from a very young age that when it comes to food when it comes to shelter anything like the basics of like what humans should have it is your job if you have it to share it so um and that's what he does and that's what he lives by Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, he truly does. I mean, it's definitely it's it's in the code of your tradition for sure, but also in in the the religion, mm-hmm. in the Sikhi religion. Yeah, it's really there, there's this also this term seva, which mm-hmm. is to be of service, and and you know this isn't something he necessarily waited for for this time in his life, but I think yeah. looking back, he can reflect on how much he lives from that space. Yeah, from day right. one, yeah. like
1: he even when he didn't have anything if someone came to him for help, he would find a way to help them. And so it wasn't just like, once I get to this point in my life, then I'll be able to do this. He's just been living it from day one.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is interesting because I think a lot of people, um, you know, maybe more my culture too, like how I was raised is that you really take care of the family as best you can. Um, You know, I grew up as a Christian faith. and, And so there was this sort of concept of service as well. And doing well for others to treat your neighbor as thyself. Um, but it was so different. Mm-hmm. Like, you you guys literally would, would feed people. In the Gurdwara, like, in the in the Sikh religion, anyone's welcome mm-hmm. to be fed. Um, like, he'll give money to people if they need money. Mm-hmm. He'll go and do countless hours of labor to help somebody, you know. And it's, it's just such a... a it's It comes without any thought, really, or like maybe there's some just, maybe there's some thought, but it feels like it just comes from just, the, I'm here to serve, I'm here to help.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just what you do. There isn't this like, should I do this? Should I help them? It's like, yeah. it's just instant. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: it's just this knowing. and And I really like, I feel like that is truly the embodiment of this sort of third phase of life, mm-hmm. so to speak, right? There's so much stress earlier on of like, who am I, my mm-hmm. identity? what is life going to look like? What's my career going to look like? And then you're in the middle of like the chaos of kids and parenting and schedules and, you know, um, doing the, the driving from one event to the next. And then you're in this new phase of life where the kids are not there anymore. And it's like, we're primed for this space of the sage of like being in service of giving and knowing and, and reflection. So, hormonally or hormonally what's the imprint to that stage of life and like is is there like this specific makeup that that sort of makes that state of consciousness more accessible accessible?
1: um yeah I think there's layers to it because what we're describing is like the perfect scenario of like stepping into this like sage and this wisdom and like really anchoring into it but if we look at it from a cultural perspective, I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, the whole message that we get is anti-aging. Yeah, What can I do to prevent this stage? And there's a lot of fear that we experience stepping into it because of that. And then um, another emotion I speak to a lot about for this phase, specifically for women, I don't know if men have the same experience in that too, is like grief around your youthfulness and Mm -hmm. like what was and especially when kids are leaving the home there's so much grief around that and also there's like finding yourself again but also finding yourself as a couple again too because you've been in your two lanes just doing life together and now all of a sudden there's some space and it's like well this is like who is that guy now Mm -hmm. that's sitting in front of me so I think there's so many layers to like how we step into this phase in regards to even our hormones because what we did in our 20s will dictate how we transition now into our, these like andropause, menopause, this these like sage years. So if we've been stressed, we've mm-hmm. been depleted, maybe didn't really take care of ourselves because others were a priority, like our children, our career, then we're stepping into it with a lot of fatigue, with a lot of adrenal fatigue. So now we're not getting those hormones that we need to access that consciousness, because we're still stuck in surviving.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with like the change in time, yeah. like or as things change over time, um, we it's like our reality is changing, but who we identify as maybe be may, might be stagnant, maybe stuck, right? We might be stuck in an old version of of wanting things to be the way that they were, of always or always being in preference for the future. We're always like, I wish things were that way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really easy in those first two phases of life to not be grounded and centered into into some version of presence. Where I think that's the invite, really. Yeah. You know, as we move into this other, this newer phase of of life, of like of being more present, because yeah. there's this idea of mortality, of aging, leading to some you know unknown event at some point in time. Right. It's hopefully it uh, invites us into an experience of being more gracious mm-hmm. of, of, of the moment. And not everyone steps in the sage as you said, right? Mm-hmm. And I think part of these conversations being so important is like if we understood this when we were younger, if we could somehow really embody this, you know, uh, work on it we can definitely move into these years um, that are beyond the kids leaving into a more state of presence and sagefulness. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, like seeing it as an opportunity and like recognizing that the rest of our life, like 40, 50, 60% of our life is going to be in this stage. Yeah, And so if we can, Understand that that it's not an end, but it's like a new beginning. But every time there's a new beginning There's a feeling of loss yeah. and confusion in the transition and your body also reflects that in, in its hormones Like they're going up and down They're They're more volatile because they're trying to find that steady pace again So I think it's so important to find tools to to have an understanding that that's coming or maybe I'm in it right now and it's normal for one to feel really confused at this stage because there's so much change happening and often it can feel very sudden um, so to just like have some grace towards the the process
0: yeah so let's let's take the example of someone not being in that stageful place which is yeah. you know let's be honest it's by most of us yeah. right and and no judgment It's just it's a reality of being so um, you know bought into everything that goes on in life that we get distracted and and misdirected maybe and, and we lose ourselves a little bit and we, we don't recreate ourselves as, as time goes on. So when that's happening, we've probably you know had the gas pell down cortisol for quite a while. Uh, Testosterone has been on a steady decline and then as women hit into menopause, estrogens all but disappeared, progesterone's collapsing. So it, it can feel hormonally like there's not a lot of support. And so what does that look like? What does what someone in that phase of life look like? Um, or symptom-wise?
1: So for women, uh, often it's like brain fog, this constant level of fatigue. Uh, Maybe there's more like obvious things like hot flashes and night sweats, vaginal dryness, skin dryness, um, anxiety, moving from anxiety to depression, gut health not totally there, kind of slowing down. muscles aren't as toned as they were before. So there's like a lot of physical changes and then weight gain Mm
0: -hmm. around,
1: especially like the belly area, like things that people were, women were eating before or the way they were working out just isn't doesn't seem to work anymore. So it's like nothing feels like it's working when we're in that kind of chaotic space. So it isn't until we like pause and recognize, okay, again, there's volatility and what's happening, there's transition happening, I need to shift. My habits. I need to shift my um, perception on myself and create some like awareness and acceptance around this like new body, because again, it's transitioning, um, so that it doesn't have to feel so like ungrounding at that time. mm mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the word. I mean, it's it's it has your one of your favorite words in the title. What's that? Pause.
1: Yeah, perimenopause. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: which is like okay it's time to pause and course correct yeah. it's time to pause and mm-hmm. reassess create new goals mm-hmm. right I, I was asking this morning on a run mm-hmm. i was like what are your goals for yourself fitness wise
1: yeah my first thing was pain free
0: <laughs> right no it was like pain less
1: pain less <laughs> have yeah. less
0: pain i'm like why not pain free yeah right
1: yeah, you said pain free i said pain less yeah
0: yeah mm-hmm. but you know like and then we got into some more specifics so oh, i'd like to build my endurance up and things like that you know i think often as we move through these phases of life especially from a physical point of view many of us just sort of um, reserve to the point that i'm not i don't need goals anymore like right. i'm not competing i'm not like yeah. i don't have goals around my physical health
1: i think goals change in this stage for sure
0: they do and they should there's so much right? like
1: reflection like one thing like i've been having these conversations with a lot of patients the careers that we pick or the paths that we pick in our 20s are usually ones that we're just kind of going along with things. Mm-hmm. We do the high school, we go to college, university or do a program or get a job just to get a job and just to do the thing, just to do life and go along with like the societal conditioning. So often in this stage, all of a sudden we look back and we're like, huh, am I doing what I'm actually meant to do or what I love to do? Or like, what was it that I used to love to do that is lost now? And how can I bring that back? So I think that also creates this like internal battle in a lot of people, mm-hmm. which is happening for me. Yeah, there yeah. you go.
0: So this this age range, I mean, it's men and women too, but it can yeah. be like early to late 40s. Yeah. Plus however many yeah. decades yeah. that we we're here. Well, my
1: dad said something interesting yesterday too. He's just speaking to um, like people in India and back home yeah. Yeah. that as soon as they turn 50, it's like, okay, I'm done. Like I can't work anymore. I'm old now. And he's 70 and he still feels like going to work. And I think when we lose that sense of like goals and purpose and desire, that is when we start to age ourselves. Like we yeah. lose that motivation, that zest. And part of that's hormonal. Yeah. That testosterone piece as testosterone declines or zest for life kind of goes down. So if we upregulate that, hopefully that'll bring that motivation back. But I think there's like... Just like cultural conditioning, what we've seen our elders do, and all of that mixed together kind of takes away some of the desire to even have a new goal.
0: Totally, yeah. Because yeah. you're sort of just buying into the idea that yeah. I only have a short amount of time left. Yeah. But you keep bringing up this point. It's like you have another 40 to 50% of life left.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, so kind our oldest, asked me the other day, We were, I think I was driving him to soccer practice. He's like, what would you have done if you didn't do what you were doing? Like, what what did you like to do? And I was like, oh, it's a good question. I'm like, well, something with music. But then my mind goes to, well, I'm like, you know, I'm in my 40s now. Like, why would I try to learn something now or like mm-hmm. awaken that? So I have to talk to myself in a different way too of like, well, yeah, I have 40, 50% time left but I think our minds go to this like you know when you're younger you pick up things faster you can learn yeah. easy like I did the guitar lessons for a year and I, if I think if I picked it up now I'd probably forgotten everything I learned yeah and because I didn't practice um so yeah I think it's tricky for
0: it's sure hard. it's tricky yeah. yeah well it's interesting I had a similar conversation we, we were at a, a friend's house for Eid um breaking the fast from Ramadan and this gentleman, he was um, he was a, a medical doctor trained in Pakistan, and then he came to, to Canada and had to go through all the you know different regulations and like going back into residency and whatnot to to get his license here. And I was asking him like, what do you think is the biggest difference between the type of medicine you practiced over there to what you're doing here? And he said, well, the reality is a lot of people like the the life expectancy there is maybe like like 10, 15 years younger mm-hmm. than it is here. Mm-hmm. And so to your point of like, your dad actually said, if I was still in India, I may not yeah. actually be living right now. Like mm-hmm. I've may have resigned to the end of my life already. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. because I'm in Canada, because I am able to look at things differently, um, but because I'm able to have different life experiences, I'm still here yeah. and with, with a ton of vitality. So he was saying that it, it's just fascinating because people there just know that the life expectancy is lower so when you retire you're kind of like just slowing weight down to the point where you know you're ready for that eventual you know uh, departing from from earth and and so with that sort of mind uh with that in mind you know there's so much that we can be grateful for in this phase of life because there is opportunity to live longer. And it's not about how many years we're here, but it's about our health span.
1: Yeah. And like, how do we find the balance between the two? Because one thing with the Eastern cultures, there's a very different relationship to aging and dying. Yeah. Um, So there's like, there's not fear around aging because elders are revered and part of society still, part of the family, actually a bigger part of the family, probably more like the decision makers too, still. And so, but in the West, it's a very different thing. So sometimes the intention behind wanting that vitality to stay there isn't necessarily for quality of life as we're aging, but it's because we're afraid of aging and afraid of dying. So like, how do we find that balance between those two worlds?
0: Yeah. So another interesting point that the uh, physician brought up was that as I asked him too, when he was working more in this emergency care setting, I asked, like, what was the majority of cases that you typically saw? And he said, the reality is that the most a lot of them are infectious disease, right? Because in those parts of the world, you don't have all the sanitation, you don't have all the, um, you know, um, even the sewage systems and, and even just basic clean water mm-hmm. isn't necessarily there. So risk of infection and, and intoxication is... Is much more severe in some of those places in the world than, than obviously here in the West, which all have a huge effect on your hormonal system, right? Yeah. So that's going to, if, if we're in those environments for longer periods of time, that's gonna have a tremendous effect on the expedition or expediting of our hormones, <laughs> uh-huh. of, of their decline, right? Yeah. And so I imagine that, you know. And feeling good and having like ideas about, you know, how they want the rest of the life to look like, it it's going to drastically change our nervous system, obviously our brain function, our cognition, our mood maybe even, when we've got less faculty because environment is putting a, a tremendous amount of pressure on mm-hmm. us, right? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, there it's infection disease. Here, I feel like it's the disease of the mind. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know if he had any insights into what he sees here yeah, in terms of like chronic disease. Like there, there's these acute things that are happening. And yeah. here, I feel like there's more of the chronic disease that gets carried over into this phase, totally. which impacts that hormonal state too.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So a lot of I would, the reason I think this is interesting is because... So many of our decisions in this phase of life often revolve around like, what is my health going to be like? Mm-hmm. Am I still going to be able to travel? Am I still going to be able to play with my grandkids? Or what? am I going to be able to have grandkids? You know, there's so many, uh, I guess, new sort of ceilings almost that we put on ourselves because, because health is such a big concern and this is elongated chronic illness. So... Yeah, I think getting clear on what our hormones are trying to serve for us and, and creating new goals for ourselves and creating a clean slate and just knowing that like today's a new day we can make some changes now they're they're gonna affect how I age and I can get to whatever you know that end line is uh, in a much more healthy graceful peaceful present present full. <laughs> a state of presence uh as we move into that end stage Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah i mean this conversation now i feel like could go in some different directions too even from like a cellular perspective yeah on like absorption of hormones and why they're so low when we step into this stage and like you said today is a new day so our cells are always turning over we're like new people every seven years so we can shift things we could probably even feel um more youthful, more vital than we did in our twenties because of the different stressors that we have. So now that there's space, the kids are doing their thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, our stills aren't. They're not. They're still young. Because the other element that changed is that people are having kids a lot later in their lives. Yeah. So as their hormones are changing in forties and fifties, they may still be in like. Those stages of like preteen, teen teen years with their kids. So Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of different things that will influence how much focus you can put on your health. But what we can do is, if we have this information, knowing things are going to change in this stage, okay, what can I get tested? What can I bring? What habits can I bring in that are realistic for me to do every single day? What supplement regime do I make sure? that i have so that i can like stay steady during this time
0: yeah definitely and then um before we jump into some strategies Mm -hmm. what do you like just to touch in on some of that masculine feminine you know um, energy if if we're talking about some of the hormonal changes that happen a lot of men their testosterone is declining and their estrogen in some cases is increasing. Right. And so not that there's this overtly physical feminization of of the, of the masculine body, but in some cases it can be when it's extreme. But that has a huge effect on our mood, our mindset, our vitality, our energy, our focus, our ability to put on muscle and whatnot. And it, has, and it can lead to increased health outcomes for prostate health or even cardiovascular disease if you know if hormones move in that direction testosterone declining estrogen rising and so you know we mentioned a bunch of things that go on for women in that in that phase and i think it's important to respect that things are happening both for men and women and so there's a lot that can be done to change how our hormones are expressing themselves so that we can have more vitality and we don't just you know sort of move into complacency with our health and Mm -hmm. and just wait for things to go bad. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. So then what should men, what should they be doing or getting tested?
0: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, whether or not someone's doing, say, a Dutch test, a dry urine hormone test, uh, at least get some blood work done. And one of the key things I tell people or our male patients is that, you know, don't just look for ways to boost testosterone, but find out why is testosterone declining at the rate that it is. So a lot of our, our men actually have somewhat decent levels of testosterone obviously a lot don't but it's not always about boosting testosterone it's really about what is the whole orchestra of hormones how they're influencing testosterone Um, But also outside of that, what level of inflammation is someone dealing with or, you know, does someone have enough nutrients in their body, are they nutrient deprived, are they stuck in inflammation and all of these things are going to drastically affect how our hormones are being utilized but also expressing. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So you said Dutch tests, so are there any other like specifics that they can do?
0: so Dutch Test Dry Urine Hormone Testing. So yeah. this is looking at like full gamut of all hormones, right? So testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, melatonin, cortisol variation throughout your day. Um, it's, it's telling a ton of things, even just how we metabolize these hormones and, and maybe where we can get stuck uh, with not eliminating some of the hormones that shouldn't be there as they metabolize. Uh, so and even antioxidants and certain vitamins and things like that. So the Dutch test tells a tremendous amount of information mm-hmm. about hormones. And that doesn't have to just be done in that sort of third phase of life. That can be done at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, but also blood testing, I want to look for what we call lifestyle markers, but it'd be things like your cholesterol levels, testosterone, hormones, you know, estrogen, progesterone, DHEA. Uh, but also looking at liver enzymes and inflammatory markers like CRP. And there's a there's a whole slew of things that we would want to look at so we can get a more holistic uh, look at that individual and where they're expressing dis-ease or how their body's expressing dis-ease and where they're performing not too bad. And then obviously, you know, blood sugar regulation and insulin levels play a significant role in directly being an interference for our hormonal system. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of blood testing can be done and or does testing. Anything else that you can think of that, that people should be assessing at this stage of life?
1: Well, you brought up the why. So like this is kind of looking at, okay, this is this hormone's low, this one's not maybe functioning optimally, um, and nutrients and whatnot. But if we wanna look at the why, we usually go a little bit deeper into like the, the cells and toxicity. Mm-hmm. And so that may be like a different conversation, but like checking your heavy metals or checking mold exposure, looking at your gut, like there's, there's so many tests that can be done. But yeah, I think doing that Dutch test first can just give you an idea of like, okay, these are the hormones that really need some support. What can I start doing right away? And then you can go down to that like deeper layer of like, okay, where did this all, all of this begin? Yeah. Is it simply stress, but what kind of stress? So then like, there's so many layers to it, but I think taking that first step of testing your hormones to see just what your reserves are what your foundation is important
0: yeah it's it's a difference of like knowing how is my body performing now yeah how am i adapting to life right now and i think that's important because that's just it's sort of like the first layer yeah. of assessment and then then we have to ask why what's the deeper meaning for why our bodies performing in that kind of way so that's that's hugely valuable, and I think like other things to consider at this stage of life. Uh, I mean, it's routine for women to go in for breast uh, exams, uh, men to go in for prostate exams. Colon- colonoscopies are often, you know, good checkups to do at this time of year or this time of life. Uh, in bone density and muscle composition, because even looking at your your body composition is going to tell a tremendous amount mm-hmm. about how we live. Like if we're If we're becoming sarcopenic or like getting muscle loss if we're getting some bone loss there's something not working in the body and no it's not just because we're aging it's because something is going wrong but again this is criteria that i think is really important as we age because we want to maintain as much lean muscle mass as possible as we age
1: yeah right so Yeah. yeah like i would say like in summary like really stepping into curiosity of your like new self or if you haven't reached this stage, a curiosity of like, where am I now? Where am I going? So if you look at it from that perspective and not like there's something wrong with me that I need to fix, I think then when you step into this like investigation stage, it just makes things a little bit more easier and like not so heavy.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I think if, I mean, that's such an important point because there's a lot of fear. I mean, this is kind of, you talked about the West, you know, in the Western sort of culture, it's like there's this fear of death and really, it's like, how do we want to show up for that last day? Like, we can show up with uh, self-awareness and, and knowing our, about our health, and knowing about our labs, and knowing where those blind spots are, where which are hidden to us. Mm-hmm. And if we don't start addressing them, you know, like you know, things happen we don't when we don't pay attention, right? Yeah. So we have and not a,
1: looking at Doctor Google.
0: Yeah, exactly. You can
1: diagnose yourself with so many things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely. So what's what? So just sort of put a bow on this topic. What are what's like maybe a patient story or a question that you think uh, is worth um, discussing at this at this for this stage of life? Mm-hmm. Or what's so, something common maybe? Yeah, something up?
1: common. I would say. Yeah. So, you know, women come in and they have all these things going on, but the stories they've always heard is that this is just it. Like, this is life. So this is normal. So the question usually is, like, is this normal? Like, aren't my hormones supposed to go away? Aren't they supposed to decline? And I know we've talked about this before, just in our aging conversation previously. But I think just reminding ourselves that symptoms are not normal. They're basically just, it's your body's way of communicating with you. Yeah. So when you have a symptom, you can investigate into like, okay, what's going on? So I can balance this out. And not that we're gonna not have anything going on in our everyday, but the moment we do, it's an opportunity to investigate. Yeah. yeah. So yes, hormones do decline, as we've talked about in our hormone episode. They do decline, but how quickly they decline is dependent on our environment. And so, you know, I had this one patient, her endocrinologist basically told her she doesn't need a libido at 60. She doesn't need to have vitality because she's 60 now. And that, like, angers me. And I think I brought this up a few episodes ago, too. Of course, you have every right to be vital. Like, our life expectancy is higher now. So, yes, more things are showing up only because we didn't know how to fuel ourselves with the right information before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such an important point. You know, I, c- I can't help but think that, you know, even many things that, that we've bought into uh, as a result of, you know, this phase of life, um, so much of that changes when we have new experiences, right? Yeah. When we start to challenge the, the ideas that we're being told. Like the, the patient that you just mentioned, she got an opportunity to see through a different perspective. And then as a result, she's living a completely different life. Yeah. And I think that's so key because just that one decision to make a change in your life, to, to have something expressed differently, to make a new choice, literally changes everything. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's just speaking to the power of, of what we believe, what we buy into. And, um, you know, just to, to kind of sort of close that thought, around like the, how fast hormones decline. Some of my 60, 70-year-old male patients have better you know, testosterone levels than some of the 20, 30-year-olds, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So it's not just about the decline of these hormones, it's really about how they're being used in the body. Just like if you're receiving information, what are you gonna do with that information? Mm-hmm. Everybody has access to the information, or hopefully mo- most people do, but what are you gonna do with that message? Just like if you have that hormone, what's it doing for you? Are you still moving your body? Are you still trying to implement some fasting? Are you thinking about detoxing? You know, how do you want your system to work in your favor, as opposed to like, what are we just buying into? Yeah. Right. Okay. So thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you uh, stay tuned for more upcoming episodes, and if you haven't already, make sure you check out our Health Ignited Club, where we take a much deeper dive into these experiences, uh, which you can find access to on drjensen.com. And we'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast.
1: Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together.
0: You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, doctorsjensen.com.
1: Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice.
0: Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed.
1: Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom.
0: And welcome to the tribe.